everyone. Welcome back to In on the Joke. I am your host, Ryan Paul Johnson. Thanks so much for coming back for another episode. Uh, still in quarantine, and uh, it's been a little, I'm late getting this out. I wanted to get this out earlier, but you get them out when you get them out. So this is session one with a new student. Um, we go through a lot of his story. He tells me about what it was like for him growing up as an immigrant and as a fat kid, and then how he has subsequently uh, become super successful, and now he's getting into comedy. So I'm excited to share this this interview with you. If you're interested in stand-up comedy, if you want more information on how you get involved in stand-up, how you start as a stand-up comic, uh, drop me a line. You can shoot me an email. I'm at ryan at ryanpauljohnson.com. Uh, I'd love to talk comedy with you. Uh, if you want to be a guest on this podcast, that would be awesome. Also, you can drop me a line there again, ryan at ryanpauljohnson.com, and I'll get you on. So I've got I've got a number of interviews recorded, a number of sessions recorded uh, with this student that I'm going to be putting out there for you as well uh, subsequently. So you can see kind of the development, how that process goes uh, with the joke writing and then set creation. Uh, thanks so much for coming back. I appreciate it. Uh, without any further ado, this is uh, In on the Joke with student number three. So thanks so much for listening. So uh, the very first week, I just want to uh, try and get an outline for you of uh, what I think a good set would be, you know, based on your story. So okay. who you are, where you come from, kind of all that stuff. So uh, if you would, if you could just tell me, yeah, I guess... Yeah, tell me your story as like you see it, you know, from so you can just kind of get a sense of, you know, where you're coming from, your voice and all that kind of stuff. Is that cool? Yeah. Where do you want me to start? Like growing up and all that kind of stuff? Or? Yeah. Where, like, uh, so for me personally, like my, like, I just want you to start where you kind of start. I don't know. For me, it's like uh, I start, usually I start with my accident because that seems to be the thing that's like moving me or like most influencing me right now um so it's like i usually start with like where my accent happened or i'll start like ah my dad was a pastor and that kind of gets me into a little bit of my head you know so i would right. say like wherever you're just kind of yeah let it come out of you and then i'll probe you with questions as we go just so i can okay kind of, i can find well, i'll give you uh, yeah, yeah i'll give you a little background on on uh, growing up so my both my parents are from Egypt, uh, immigrants from Egypt. So um, I was first generation. Uh, but my dad, he was a successful businessman. Got in with the wrong crowd, chose drugs over the family. And um, I also have an older brother who's nine years older than me. So he kind of raised me, and I always looked up to him. And so it forced me to become more mature early on, I think. And so. You know, I, I was kind of raised by him and, and looked up to him. And then um, I branched off from the family and moved to Arizona to go at, go to ASU. And I was working at five. What's that? Sorry, where were you at before? Palmdale, where? California. Okay. And then what year was that? When I moved? Yeah. 2012. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, man. Go ahead. So I uh, graduated high school. I originally wanted to go to the Naval Academy, um, but I got waitlisted. And so the only other college I applied to was Arizona State because 
you didn't have to write an entrance essay. Right. <laughs> and so it was either it was either go to the prep school for the Naval Academy for a year or, you know, go to ASU and try to do ROTC. So I said, screw it. I'm going to just go to Arizona and figure things out from there. Okay. And when I got to Arizona, I was, I got a job at Five Guys Burgers and Fries and I was doing engineering and I just hated life. You know, it sucked. I didn't like engineering. I didn't like frying burgers. So yeah. I, uh, I started looking for ways out. So I became a security guard in Old Town and um, I met this guy who was in real estate and he was literally getting $1 bills by the hundreds, just like throw in the air. And I'm like, what do you do for a living? Like, how do you just make money and just throw it in the air? So he told me real estate and uh, he told me to read the book Millionaire Real Estate Agent. So I read that book, yeah. went out, got my license in nine days. I did the nine day crash course, took the test, passed the first time. And uh, I just, I went for, for real estate and it wasn't anything like I expected it to be. You know, I, I, like you see it on TV and you think like, oh, I'll just show some homes, sell some homes, but you get your license and they don't give you any direction. So I was like, shoot, now what? Yeah, right. My back, my, uh, my plan's not kind of working out as I, as I intended. So I just started holding open houses and doing research online. And um, I heard about this guy named Brett Tanner. And this is really, I think, the start of my entrepreneurship and, and moving forward was um, I went to interview. I, I tried to get a lunch with him, try to I finally got an um, interview at his office. And he's like, hey, man, like, you don't have any experience. You're a full time student. We really don't have a spot for you at our brokerage. And I was like, shoot. So I went out and I just kept holding open houses and I got my first sale. Um, and after I got my first sale, I ran into that guy, Brett Tanner, again, when I was picking up my check. And uh, he was like, oh, what's that? And I was like, oh, it's my first check. So he, you know, took interest in that. And so he brought me onto his team. And that's kind of where I learned, you know, a lot of my sales skills and, and the high volume phone calls and things like that. Okay. And, um, you know, I just went full force. I, I dropped out. I went to a Tony Robbins event. Okay. And, um, you know, I was kind of at a crossroads. Do I keep going with school? You know, I'm getting ready to finish my second year of school. Or do I just go full force on this real estate thing? And I went to that Tony Robbins thing and I just came back and called my mom and I told her I'm dropping out. And she kind of was like, you know, that's probably not the best idea. Try to talk me out of it and then try to um, financially pressure me out of it, you know, by saying like, Hey, I'm not going to support you, help you yeah. out unless you, you know, stick with the school thing. So, um, from there, I just said, screw it, screw what people think, screw what my family thinks. I've got a clear enough vision and some, some passion to make it that I'm going to just keep going for it. So I did that, um, from 2013 to 2017. Okay. And I got bored and I got exhausted and burnt out and just tired of doing that. So that's when I switched to commercial, like what we talked about at lunch. Uh -huh. And um, from there, I just took the same approach. I just dove in, you know, head first and put as much effort as I could on the front end. And here I am today. So that's kind of the short and skinny. Yeah. So it was 2017, you switched right to from residential to commercial? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so along the way, I feel like, um, like what we talked about at, at um, lunch is I've never been naturally good at stuff. I've always been like the last pick on the sports teams and that kind of stuff. So like, even when I was trying to get my interview, my first interview with uh, Brett Tanner, 
Um, the way I got to the interview was I inquired on a million dollar listing he had. He had yeah. a house listed for like 1.5 million. So I, you know, registered on that house and one of his agents called me and, uh, and I was like, Hey, like I'm actually not looking for a house. I'm looking for a job, you know? Yeah. So they, they passed that information on them. So he kind of liked the creativity there and, you know, gave me the shot. And then when I was trying to get into commercial, the first commercial brokerage wouldn't uh, hire me. They're like, Hey, you know, apartments, it's, it's super competitive. Phoenix is a super saturated market. So I went back to the drawing board and I was kind of looking at their production in Tucson. And so I went back and I was like, Hey, how about I just work in your Tucson office? You know, you guys just started that. You guys aren't doing too many deals. I'd love to help out. And so then that's how I got that job. Oh man. Okay. So just uh, being last picked on the team, really. <laughs> no, man, that's, uh, that's good to know about yourself. Um, so I have questions about like growing up. Can I go back up there for a second? Yeah. So Absolutely. you're, uh, your parents are from Egypt and then, so did you know your dad at all or was he like, by the time you uh, like, knew what was going in the world, he was gone? Yeah, no, my first memories are, he's, he's already out of the picture. Okay. And so he, uh, he tried to bounce back in or I, I remember around like my ninth birthday. Okay. And, uh, so he like took us, took me and my sister bowling. And then, uh, you know, we hung out like two or three times and then my birthday came around and I called them and left them a message for what I wanted for my birthday. And then that never heard from them again. Shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that was kind of last time. Yeah. And then, uh, my brother actually ran into him at a bar like years later and, um, beat him up. <laughs> Fuck. Oh God, man. Okay. That's a good story. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Um, do you know who Joe Coy is? I do. Comedian? Okay. Yeah. So I'm wondering, uh, just hearing your story, there's like a little bit of his story in your story, like the immigrant mom, you know, without a dad kind of thing. I'm wondering, is there any kind of like from your childhood? Was your mom, does she have like a big influence on you? Is there anything like that? Are there good stories or like? how your family kind of came together when you were young? Do you think there's anything there? I was like, it, just hearing that, that when you said that, that was super interesting to me. I was like, wow, I don't know what that's like being like the first, uh, yeah, first generation, then having your mom be uh, Egyptian, just the whole, I don't know. I feel like there's yeah. room there for potential stories. Uh, what do you, What do you think or how do you feel about that? No, I agree. I think the, um, like integrating into American culture when like you're, when you're young is difficult because like at home, all you know is Egyptian culture, you know? Yeah. Like one of the things like, um, my mom was a nurse, but she was super frugal, you know? So for example, like I'd be doing my homework, you know, and you know, she's just going around the house, like turning off lights, unplugging things and like making sure like the electric bill is going to be as low as possible, you know? Yeah. And like, um, like part of Egyptian culture is like, uh, they're Coptic Orthodox Christians. Oh, okay. And so Coptic Orthodox Christians actually celebrate Christmas on January 7th instead of the 25th. Right. Okay. 
And so like my mom would always wait to go Christmas shopping until like after the 25th. So all my friends are like opening up their presents and stuff. And then like, they're like, Oh, what'd you get? And then then I have to go into this long story about how like my family celebrates Christmas on January 7th. As a kid, you don't even really understand why. Yeah. It's because you're right and they're wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you, you're, you're already back in school and then like three days after going back to school, you finally get all your Christmas presents. That's, Okay. So that's fun. Yeah. So all those little, um, all those little quirks, right. Are, uh, are opportunities for you to like, let us in on your world in kind of a funny way, you know? Right. Um, like you're, I, that's a really interesting thing to me. Um, I would like to hear kind of like more stories cause I bet there, I mean, I just know there have to be a lot of, things there where you could uh just kind of explain who you are through that lens you know so it's like the early lens is like uh childhood you're so you got like your mom and your brother like raising you that's got to do something specific you know and then also since you're talking about being like last picked and working hard and work ethic that also is like a it's like an immigrant story kind of thing, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk? You know, that is. Yeah. Yeah. So like him, man, when you just hear him talk about how, how much, how thankful he is for being like the first generation immigrant, like he has a view of the world that is so different than everyone else because of where he's come from, you know, Uh, I think you have a similar thing like that. And that's really what, I know what, what I want to give everyone who take, does this with me is like, if when you get up and talk at the very least, you won't be boring. You know, it's like, you'll have something to talk about that at least is engaging and interesting to people. And then we'll make it funny. Do you know what I mean? Right. No, yeah. that makes sense. Cause uh, a lot of what happens a lot of the time, or I find is when people are trying to find jokes, find material, is that they end up being boring because they're not like, they're not really telling you the jokes aren't very good first. And then <laughs> second, they're not really letting you into their world or anything. I mean, it's not, it's very surfacey typically. And right. uh, it just becomes like, so it's like not funny and it's boring, which is right. the worst. So it's like, at least if it's interesting, that's a, that's helpful for you as a performer to begin with. Right. Um, so let me see. Okay. Um, yeah. And then are there more, so your brother's nine years older. Do you have any other family besides your brother? Um, I have a sister. My sister is two years older than me. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, uh, saying that. How is, uh, do you and your sister get along pretty good? Uh, yeah, now we do. Okay. But like as kids, you didn't really? No. Okay. The reason I ask about sister is, uh, all of my friends that, uh, I grew up with. So like, I'm the oldest, like I'm the oldest boy. And then I have two younger sisters. Um, and I was 
I sucked at girls. Like I couldn't get date. I'm just like, I don't understand women at all. Like, if, you know, yeah. cause I, I grew up like imposing my will down on girls instead of like, yeah. Being, yeah. So then, uh, but all my friends who had like older sisters, they're really good at girls, you know, they can like get dates and yeah, they were always much better at that than I was. Uh, so that's why I'm always curious if someone has an older sister to hear the influence because, uh, I imagine it just helps as a person to have an older sister telling me like what girls think about shit. So, um, is there anything like that? Do you think with you guys or is there, I mean, that's just another thought. So anyway, um, like the influence from my older sister on my dating life or just on basically more on your life in general. Like I'd be interested to hear, or I'm interested to hear like the influence of, of family if there is influence, you know, like obviously your mom had an impact um, and your brother had an impact. And so it's just like, if your sister, if there's anything in there, it's just another place uh, for potential stories, comedy. It's just another place to look, you know? Yeah. I mean, the main thing, uh, my sister just used to like make fun of me for being fat. <laughs> okay. Oh. That was like the, um, yeah. So, okay. How about some more about that kind of stuff? Um, so yeah, so you were fat as a kid. So that's the other thing is like, what were you, what were the things you were like embarrassed of as a kid or kind of all of those? Cause a lot of comedy is like insecurity or it's a lot of like, these are the things I was insecure about, or I felt weird about now at this point in my life, I've, I'm okay with all of these things and I'm letting you in on this world. Um, and that's usually just room for funny areas is places where you were embarrassed or you were, you know, uh, just where you're able to kind of like self deprecate yourself, let people right. in on you growing up kind of thing. Um, right. So yeah. So I'm just curious. Do you have, you know what I mean? Is there anything, yeah, I mean, my, my brother and my sister, like, the main thing they would pick on me for was was my weight. My brother was always in, in good shape. My sister was an athlete, and then I just wasn't. So they would pick on me for having man boobs. Okay. So and that's so also – Go ahead. Um, would you, do you feel like – are they more successful or are you more successful, or is it all the same? Uh, I would say I'm the most successful financially. Okay. So – that's like a motivation thing, you know? Um, yeah. That's like a, a thing where you can point back to say, like, be grateful in a way, you know? It's like, uh, yeah, being grateful for suffering or being grateful for pain is, that's just a comic voice that I use. Um, it's, I think it's probably pretty common, you know? It's like, this is the shit that happened to me. I'm happy it did because of right. all of these things. Um, so yeah, okay, so. Um, okay, um, yeah, it's kind of like all this shit that, all the stuff that doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Close, right? So. Um, yeah. Yeah, I will say like my whole life, I've always had like a, a, I think one of the motivations is like, you know, becoming successful to the point where like, 
you know, my, my dad bailed out on the family. Like one day he hears and sees like, Oh, like, look at the son I missed out on, you know? That's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, that's, I really like that you know that about yourself. Um, because that's like, a, yeah, your motivation is like, I want to be successful. So you'd be like, fuck you, dad. Yeah. But then you look, like you said, you look back and I'm thankful because without, you know, the, the absence of that, of, of his influence, you know, I wouldn't have those same motivations, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. No, that's like that. Uh, yeah. That's like me being grateful for my accident. You know, it's like, there's only two ways, I guess you can look at everything that's happened to you in your past. I guess you can hate it or love it. I mean, maybe there's gradations in there, but uh, I feel like those are kind of probably easiest things. And most people usually bend towards hating it. But when you can bend towards uh, acceptance and thankfulness, I think that's where growth, growth comes from. Yeah. I remember also as a, as a kid, like my, my sister and my brother would make fun of my weight. So I would like try to like, I'd listen to like music and like do sit-ups in the living room, you know, and like run to the mailbox to check the mail. Cause you know how they have those clusters of mailbox. Yeah. So I'd like take the key and I'd like jog to the mailbox and jog back. And then, you know, I'd come home and like, you know, my brother and sister were like, you know, you shouldn't run to the mailbox. Your heart might stop or, like my brother, when we go to restaurants and I'd be in the bathroom when the waitress comes out, he'd order me a Diet Coke. Okay, so there's all these. Um, so the, uh, so when you, yeah, for exercising. Or, like you have no idea how to exercise when you're like, you know, six, seven, eight years old, you know? Oh, yeah, so and then it was just a, uh, was it you just ate a lot? Was that it? There was just like plenty of food around, basically. Did oh yeah. Watch TV. Oh yeah. All right. No, I would. I would. Uh, I would be the like my brother and sister would get mad at me for eating all the snacks in the house and stuff, and I would hide the wrappers, you know, so they they wouldn't know that I was the one who ate them all. Okay. But yeah, I just love like chips and stuff like that. So like my bo- my mom would buy like the big like fifty pack of chips, and I'd get home from school and like eat fifteen of them, and I'd like try to like shove all the the wrappers into one bag and like crumple it up and put it in the trash. Okay. Um, I think that's, I like that just cause it's like you're, who else is it? <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like I thought I was fooling people and it's like, no. Yeah. Uh, So, oh yeah, so with that too, like, were you alone kind of a lot then uh, as a kid? Yeah. Yeah, so I used to, like, I remember I used to, uh, like, so I'm much taller and bigger than my my brother. So my older brother, he's 5'10", and I'm 6'5". So growing up, like, I was about the same size as him all the way up until I started getting bigger than him. So I'd be you know, in elementary school and he'd be, you know, late middle school or early high school, whatever it was. And, uh, I would go in his closet and I'd wear his clothes. And then after school, I would just hang them back up in his closet without washing them. 
Okay. Did you do that a lot? Yeah. Oh, that's funny, dude. Did he, would, did he ever know? Did he um, ever just close on and be like, what the fuck? This stuff stinks. <laughs> yeah, the other thing, too, is I was like a fat, sweaty kid, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the only time he, he, he caught on was when he finally caught me wearing his, uh, his clothes, and then he put it all together. But yeah, I was like, I was probably like in the fifth or sixth grade. And like when he was in high school, like affliction shirts were popular and like tap out shirts were popular. Oh, so right. like in the fifth grade wearing like affliction shirts and tap out shirts. So you're in fifth grade. Was he like a senior then? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the math was, but yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, okay. But yeah, I was like in the third or fourth grade and I'm wearing like tap out shirts. Um, that's just that that story works on just the like that could be yeah you could turn that into a, a funny joke story pretty easily um because right. you kind of have the whole arc of everything um where he like catches you and puts it all together uh so it would be like well here yeah um all right so i've got that as a okay um so then let's see how old are you now john 25 <clears throat> so you're pretty young um are there besides like business and stuff like are there other things you're into like you like a lot they're like passions of yours that we may not know anything about or other people might not know about um or do you have hobbies i guess that's easier let's see <laughs> i mean for the past like eight years of my life it's all been just like work and school but um yeah i mean i i, I was like really into cars for a while like just like old Japanese cars. Oh, like uh, like old Datsuns and stuff. Not not that old, like nineties, like you know, like Supras and three hundred ZXs and okay RX sevens, like the Fast and the Furious cars. Yeah, I okay. got that from my brother. Was that uh, how um, for the yeah? So on the cars, do you think there's any? Do you think there's any room for stories there? Do you have any interesting things, or is it just kind of like yeah, it's something I was interested in? It's gone. Um. Yeah, I can't think of anything that funny from that. Okay. Well, more of it is just like, yeah, I'm just interested in there's, it doesn't need to be like right now. I don't think funny, just story. You know what I mean? It's like, what is, it's more like did that, how big of an influence was the car thing on you? Like, do you still have one of those cars? Did you buy a car? Did you invest in a car? Anything? Yeah. Like my, like my brother's uh, first car was a Nissan 300 ZX. And so like, I always had this dream of like having one of those cause I looked up to my brother. Huh. And so like four or five years ago I went, like I had some extra money, so I went and bought one, you know, and it's just like this 1990s, like Nissan. And I thought it was the coolest thing. Dude. And, uh, go ahead. I don't know. Yeah. You tell me. I just remember like when I bought it, I sent a picture to my brother and I was just like, so excited to finally get one. Like, even though it's just like most people look at it just like as an old Nissan, you know? Yeah. And I remember I like played all the songs that, uh, like my brother used to listen to like from the early 2000s. Dude, I love that. That's a great story. Do you still have that car? No, I got rid of it when I moved because I can only have one car. Oh, how, yeah, okay. So I think that's a, uh... Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Oh. Um, yeah, I had to get rid of it. Um, okay, let's see. So it's, yeah, so right now when you're writing jokes, like where are you coming up? Yeah, what is, what's influencing you now as far as jokes, where you're writing from? Um, I have a list on my phone of just like a list of like premises and just like things that I see like in my day-to-day -day life that are funny. Okay. 
or like I try to think back to like funny stories from like my friends and I, and I just write those down and then I try to write jokes, jokes on that. Okay. Um, so yeah, one thing that probably be that like I'd like if you could is like, as we go along, like share some of those premises and stuff. So like I'll take, um, I'll keep, we'll keep doing this and I'll, we'll find like an outline I'll send you like where I'm thinking we could, we could work it out, you know, that stuff. Um, and then, but I also, yeah, I'd be really interested to just see kind of your writing process. Um, only because it would just help me know how to, you know, work better with you. Um, okay. Like my process is always like, it's typically I like live through some experience or whatever. And then I like, there's some funny thing. Like I write down that one little funny, whatever it was, like it's usually, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, but then when I go back and like actually create the joke, I found that kind of like my structure is I tell people the premise right on the front end, like the funny thing. And then I kind of tell them the story. Um, of like how it happened to me and that's usually that's pretty much like how i create most of my jokes or most of my like story jokes um yeah and it's uh usually the premise is like kind of a lie or not a lie but it's like not all the information right um so at the end the so at the end, they're not getting like, they're getting a reveal still. It's like, oh, this is the funny thing, but here's like the truth of it all at the end. Um, so anyway, yeah, so that'd be, I'm just, yeah. I like that you write down that, that's great. I think that's a good way to, that's a good way to work. Then do you, yeah. when you get up and perform, do you tend to, uh, do you like write everything out like verbatim, like you want to say, or do you just kind of have like, uh, like bullet points that you're um, I, when I started out I would write out the whole joke the way I'd want it and then memorize it but okay. more recently I would say I just try to like put down like what are the taglines that are most important for me to say during the joke and I yeah. just write those down and then just kind of rip the rest of it together okay yeah yeah no I think that's good yeah if it works for you that's great like I can't when I sit and like write right like trying to like write it all out it usually seems better in my head or seems like a it probably is a funnier joke once you like craft it and think about it and like write it but then i have trouble like saying it right like right then it becomes more of a like a how do i yeah or it's like a different it's like a different stress for some reason for me so that's like typically how i I, yeah, it typically don't work that way. Um, so how yeah. do you do it? So no, what I do is like funny idea. And then I just write down the idea and I usually will have like gone over the joke, like a bunch of times in my head. So I kind of like think I know how it goes or I like imagine I know how it goes. Um, yeah. and then I get up and I just kind of like do it. And usually the first, it's never good. It never comes out right the first time. So it's always like, but it's kind of like they're just saying it, getting out there. Then it, I'm able to like the right one. Yeah, exactly. So then I'm like, I know like, ah, oh, it didn't really work. Um, there'll be times too where I'll do it. I'll just 
do, or I used to do a lot more open mics where I would just do the joke over again. So I do it and then it wouldn't be quite right. And I just do it again right away. Uh, and it, what's funny is that people laugh at the open mic because it's something they don't ever see, but it's usually the second time you do the joke, it's better also. Right. So, yeah. uh, so it's kind of, it's a funny, like, yeah, it works on two levels really as far as like doing it, but it also, what's also fun about doing the same joke again is that it kind of takes this type of confidence from the performer too to like, cause everyone like we don't want to repeat ourselves or that's like a fear. I think a lot of comedians have, um, or especially starting out, that was like a, a concern of mine starting out. Like every time I got up, I wanted it to be different. Um, yeah. I had the same like, thing. Yeah. And, but then like, so yeah, so there's like part of it where you realize that to get good at any one thing, you're going to, you're going to end up saying everything over and over and over again, you know? So being okay with like the earlier you're okay with it, the better off is all. So doing yeah, like one of the things when I go to open mics is I'm, I'm like, I gotta have like fresh material for this open mic, you know, mm -hmm. because like a lot of times when you go to the open mics, it's like the same group of people, you know, it's like the comedians that you saw at the last open mic, you know, there might be one or two different people there. So it's like when you go through and you say the same joke that you said at the last one, you know, you can, like, I feel like I don't have as much confidence as I'm like, well, these people already heard it. They're not going to laugh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's, yes, I totally understand for sure. Um, is that what you're talking about? Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Where it's like you always, yeah. Cause it is a lot of the same people. Yeah. Especially comedians, you know, and open mics. It's all, yeah. The same, like 80 people jumbled up, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I totally get that. And that's just, I think, honestly, because that's just one of those, uh, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. Um, right. And it's just like you stop, you kind of stop caring about the other comedians, really, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, getting, yeah, it is fun to get laughs from when you're doing, yeah, you know what I mean? But a lot of times, like, the shit comedians laugh at isn't, like, the funniest stuff anyway. Um, right. Like, yeah, I don't know. Cause we just, yeah, comedians will tend to, the things we laugh at aren't always what everyone laughs at. So, uh, right. Anyway, I just, yeah, be, I know like it, it's the, at some point you're going to get comfortable repeating yourself. So you might as well start, you know, um, especially if you have like material, whatever you think is, is going to, be good or that you want to work on. Um, the only way to like really get it better is to keep, you know, saying it, working on it. So, right. um, what's funny too, is what happens is the more you perform, uh, the more the stuff you've said over and over again, seems like you've never said it before. I mean, that's kind of like a part of getting good at being stand-up comedy or being stand-up, uh, is making it look like you just thought of all the shit that you've been saying for over a year, you know? Right. Um, and I had like, I performed on my performance Saturday, a guy came up to me afterwards and just, uh, he said that he's like, yeah, he was talking about my set. He was like, yeah, I could tell that like 30% of the stuff you said you had practiced and said before and 70% of the stuff you just kind of made up on the spot. And I was like, Oh no, man. Like, I think I said 
like basically everything that I said tonight, I've said somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Um, it just is, yeah, it's like the first time you've heard me say it and it's the first time like, and I'm, I'm working at making it look like I just thought of this shit. So right. those are the, yeah. So, um, but then what happens too is, uh, what Dave Speck, the owner over at Improv Mania has helped me out a ton with is, uh, like I get bored saying the stuff or I forget why it's funny or I forget like why it worked or whatever. I don't really, I've said it so many times. I kind of don't remember the joke anymore. Right. Uh, and then it would be like jokes stop working. Like things won't work anymore. And, uh, it's always because it's like, Oh, I forgot. Yeah. It's just like, I forget, I've forgotten what the joke is. And so I'm like, I'm not doing it anymore. So, uh, yeah, you're just saying the words. Yeah, right. Exactly. But it's not fun. Yeah. I've kind of lost it all. Yeah. But that's something I hadn't thought of. And just like, now I just tell it to people like, Oh, sometimes your jokes stop working because you forgot why they're funny. So, right. Um, we have 15 minutes left, John. I want to know, like, based on what we've talked about so far, is there anything I'm like missing about you? Me personally, like one of the things I want from people when they leave hearing me speak is like, I want them well, most of the time. And it depends on the picture. Like I want them to be thankful for uh, like their able bodies. Like I want people to leave um, with like a sense of yeah like awe or wonder or appreciation at what they can do with their bodies um do you i think that's kind of one of my main but like the way i get at it is by calling people shit for not using them um yeah so I, is there anything like that like because you have like you have a lot of great uh there's a lot of great areas where you can like look at the world and be very judgmental but like not necessarily mean or like punching down exactly but like what the fuck kind of thing you know so is there anything like that what do you mean by that um so like i'm thinking like because of your because of like your mindset of like needing to work harder to like achieve mm -hmm. things or like the being like the immigrant However, wherever you find your motivation or where you draw it from, if it's like the immigrant story, the absent father story, the, you know, fat and picked on story, or if it's all of that shit that that's made you great. Um, from your life, is there anything you want the audience to leave thinking about the world? You know? Like, do you want them to leave feeling lazy because they aren't achieving all they could be achieving because they're lazy, you know, or does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could go the route of, um, I mean, like when you, I feel like when I was growing up, like the odds were against me, you know, like I was a bad kid in school. Like I was always getting in trouble, sent to the, the principal's office and, just my, the teachers were always calling my mom and I dropped out of college and, you know, had a terrible GPA in high school and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, even with all that, I think if you 
put the time and effort into yourself, um, you can still get to where you want to be. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I mean, unrelated, I think like one of the places where I get the most laughs in like my personal life is I just, I thrive off of like awkward social interactions and stuff. And I like to make them worse, you know? Um, Like for example, like um, just one that's at the top of my head. Like when we were at the Tony Robbins event, everybody's like rushing to get through the door. You know, you've got say seven, 10,000 people trying to get through one hallway to get out of the, the stadium. I like stopped and tied my shoe in the doorway, you know, just for a cheap laugh between myself and my friends. You know, and just like inconvenience everybody, or like, um, I don't know, like when you go, uh, when you're like walking up to a place and somebody's like walking up at the same time and they go to like, you know, like they don't know if you're going to reach for the door or you reach for the door. And I just love to just amplify how awkward that is by like reaching and stopping and reaching and stopping like purposely. Oh, let's see. So you like, yeah, it's like disruption. It's funny. Yeah. Like, um, um, one of one of my good friends and who I share a lot of like my writing with and helps me write is, is Gabe. And he's the one that I went to Tony Robbins with. Um, the first time we went to lunch, there's a basket of garlic knots in the table. And like every time he would reach for one, I would like beat him to it and grab it. And like the first two times he was like, he thought it was an accident. And then like the third time it happened, he like looks up and he's like, are you doing that on purpose? And I was like, yeah, I just want to see how long it would take you to notice, you know? And like, that's how we like, first initially connected was like that work event and I just like did that and uh he thought it was hilarious you know and so like now he like for my birthday last year he sent me you know three orders of garlic knots from Papa John's you know and had them delivered so knowing that about yourself um I wonder like when it's because I'm I'm naturally like an awkward person like I find myself in those situations like by accident and so to make it more comfortable for me. I like to do them on purpose. That way when the ones happen on accident, people just take it as a joke because they see me do all the other ones on purpose. Oh, okay. That's fine. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like, you're going to be awkward. It's like, you're going to break up with the girl before she can break up with you. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So there, yeah. I feel like that's a, there's possible there's stories there maybe when you look at the world how do you how do you kind of feel about it like is it make does the world so for me i think that like there's really no meaning in all of this it's just all absurd nonsense yeah. you know um yeah. how about you like are you do like i guess that comes from like a i don't really know if there's a god god you know it's like right but i don't think they he cares it cares about us um right yeah i i I feel the same way like when i think about like how small we are in the universe and like what we're doing and how like big we think the impact is you know like i think a lot of times like you know when you try to think about like life after death or like the like the universe outside of earth, like your brain kind of shorts out. You start having that existential crisis. You're like, what does this even mean? You can't really figure it out. I, it just makes me think like, it's all so meaningless. Like people take life way too serious, you know? And I, and I think, um, I do a good job of like not taking it serious. Like 
I feel like people take everything way too serious, you know, of life. And so even though I like to work hard and I want to be successful and all that stuff, I just try to, you know, joke around and like take the, you know, tension out of the, the situation or yeah. the seriousness. Well, what's funny is, uh, is that's like not what you're doing though. Like you're creating tension. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. Cause you're not like, yeah, it's like, you don't, you're not giving a tension relief. It's like, you're, uh, yeah, you, uh, you like to create tension, but <laughs> it sounds more like, you know, yeah. Uh, which relieves tension for me, which releases it for you. Yeah. 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 Like I can, you know, do something stupid in a serious situation. Like it makes everybody else uncomfortable, but for me, I feel more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yep. No, totally. Man. Yeah. I like it. I mean, cause that's another, it's like, yeah. Something, if anything you know about yourself that kind of lets us into your world is great. Um, a lot of people are not very like, uh, we don't see ourselves. Like we live in our own blind spot, you know? Um, right. so then when you can know those things, um, the other thing too, I'm trying to think of like, uh, I'm going like introduction is where I'm at in my head. Like I'm trying to like find, find the person you are to tell the people who you are, you know? Right. Um, so one other thing is just like, uh, because you like this tension thing, uh, would be kind of like uh, letting the idiot, letting the audience in on who you are, what they see, what assumptions they're going to make about you. Um, so one thing I think that would probably be good uh, for you just this this week is try and find uh, just try and figure out what people think about you that don't know you or how they see you. If that makes sense. Um, I don't even know if that does make sense, but it's like, if you can tell the audience something about yourself that they're already thinking based on your appearance, like based on the way they're just going to judge you standing on stage. Um, that's a great place to start any, that's a great, you know, that's like, where basically everybody starts in comedy, you know, especially in your getting started introduction kind of thing is like, you just want, them to know you see you the way earning us like you understand how they might see you does that make sense yeah yeah so like for example like I, I usually wear just like pants and a polo whenever i go to do open mic so yeah. i could do something like i know you guys are probably confused on whether i'm a frat boy or if i'm selling like direct tv yeah so that's like a yeah um so yeah, so I would do more those. So that's like your perception, right? But uh -huh. I want to know what other, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you think you look frat boy and, and, and uh, yeah, direct TV. But it's like, is that what other people think? And it may not, like I, this, there may be nothing here, you know, either. Uh -huh. um, but it's just a, like, maybe, you know, that's another maybe you'll find a little nugget that you can then, yeah. It's just a little piece of gold, but I don't know if it's there or not, you know? So, um, uh, but yeah, so that would be something that I'd, uh, yeah, just try and like pay attention to like what, 
if you can, like what do people, when people talk to you, when they approach you, when they say things to you, see if you can like see you in their eyes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And then also similar to that, uh, if you have areas in your life where you're like kind of insecure about things. So like for me personally, um, like I have trouble being around people, uh, right? Because I imagine that my disability makes them uncomfortable. So uh-huh. like I'm worried that I'm like creating this like uncomfortable feeling for, for my friends and clients and all this stuff. Um, but that's just, it's basically my own, I'm just insecure about that. But I told one of my friends that I was like, Hey man, you know, I'm just having a hard time lately and feeling like I'm making people uncomfortable because I'm like having a harder time work, walking around. And I'm just worried that like me being around uh, makes you feel bad. And he was like, Oh no, man, like I love it when you're around, Like you make me feel so great just because I'm not you. So it's like, I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like that makes sense. We're all in our own. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm worried about me and I'm making, I think other people are worried about that, but no one is, you know? Right. Um, and that was like, I don't think I would have ever, I may have gotten there some other way, but just telling him that and then having him tell me his thoughts, it was just so funny. You know, it just like, it opened my head in like a really fun way. I was like, Oh, of course people don't see me the way I see me. That makes right. Obviously. Yeah. So, um, so what was your first impression of you? Yeah. Dude, I don't know. You're like quiet. You're, you're like more imposing than I, than you seem, you know, like, uh, you, yeah, you're like taller and bigger than you seem to be. If that makes sense. Um, how, how could I be like, taller and bigger? I'm six foot five and two fifty. No, no, that well, like you're okay. So it doesn't feel like your personality takes up the space that your body takes up. Right. You know? I don't know if that's. Um. So I noticed that. That's just something. I don't know if that means anything to you. Um, the other thing, though, that for me, the way that ties together is that because you are imposing, um, yeah, you're like, you're an imposing figure, but you don't come off that way. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I feel feel safe around you. Like, I'm not afraid of you, but you don't, because you don't seem, like your character doesn't seem like I'm a big guy. Like, you're not a big guy character. That makes sense? Yeah. some people who are big, you know, they're like real alpha. Um, I don't get that impression from you. Um, so, but I don't know if any of this is helpful. I'm just trying to like think. About I mean, it. when you say those kind of things, it like reminds me of like stuff that other people have also told me. Yeah. Um, but then you seem pretty soft-spoken, you know, that's another, yeah. uh, but it also feels uh, confident, you know, like you don't, I don't feel like you're trying to sell me anything. Like you don't feel like you're, or, and I doesn't feel like you're trying to make your ego 
you're like doing anything for your ego. Like I think a lot of me, I'm like a lot of, I'm a lot of ego. I like can know, I know that about myself. Um, that I really, yeah, I'm always like trying too hard to get people to like me. And that's a lot of what my sense of humor, I think comes from. Um, it's just like fear of not being liked, fear of not being accepted, like worry. I'm not going to, um, that I make people uncomfortable, just all of those things. And so jokes and humor is like my way of getting on the inside of people. Um, right. So I think I, I have the same, same kind of, uh, internal talk in my head. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's, but yeah, that's just kind of like, I think that's another thing. So um, yeah, a lot of people tell me that I'm, I'm confusing. Like they, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Could, yeah, okay. I could see that. And I think you could have, yeah, there may be more, there's more there, I think, that we could dig in on. Like, what is that? Oh, well, okay. So a few, one thing, and uh, this is like just, I didn't know what, like, ethnicity you were. Um, yeah, a lot of people ask me that. Yeah, and so that's like a weird that creates just like a weird tension I think in America mostly because it's like all white people just want to know what you are, you know, but I don't even know if it's all white. It's like, unless you like are an immigrant or you're different, like, yeah, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there's a tension between like, we want to ask you or people want to know, and then we want to be polite. So yeah, those are, so that's kind of like those two sides, you know? Um, yeah, no, that's good insight. I think, um, that's a common theme. Like a lot of people, and I think that helped like drives people to the confusion because I'm a big, tall guy, but I'm quiet. And they also don't know if I'm black Mexican or if I'm just a tan white guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also like, right. We're in Arizona. So probably you get a Mexican a lot. It's how people. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just cause they have nothing else. So they just resort and they're like, ah, oh, well, whatever. Right. No, 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 exactly. Yeah. That's like the default minority in Arizona. Um, so I don't know while you're here and you're doing jokes in Arizona, I mean, that's, there's a place where, you know, people see you wrong and you can, you know, you can fuck with that. So, right. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. I like that a lot. Um, so. See, I didn't even real. I, I knew that information, but I didn't realize it until we just talked about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So I'm going to take like uh, all the notes, all this stuff. I'll put together an outline for you that I think we could work with. And then, then I just want you to like take a look at it and we can like kind of collaborate on like, basically I just want you to be like, oh yeah, I think I could use this. I think I could take this and be comfortable spending time creating you know a bunch of material on this in in these areas you know all right so what are my action items between now and, and the next call yeah so i'll i'll send you the outline to you and then each area so it's like this is where i think your introduction could be and then these are the bits and kind of this is the closing and all i want you to do is basically like find um material that could work 
in each of those like categories. So it'll be like introduction. And then I'll like, for that I'm thinking like, what do people look like? Like I'm not an athlete or like maybe an athlete, not Mexican, you know, um, just like uh, tall and sweaty. Uh, you kind yeah. of, you're able to like introduce them to kind of how it was as a child kind of thing. So like you're create you're like the introduction kind of like rolls out themes that then you're going to explore in the bits that come afterwards. Um, right. So I think, yeah, so it'll be like, I think the first bit is just, or the first area is like um, immigrant experience as a kid, you know, that's like okay. the early things. Like, I think you have, a there's a, a lot, a lot of material um, from growing up, especially like growing up as a fat kid. That's just like, there's, I, yeah, I have, fat years in there and there's so much you know there's so much like insecurity and like you've had to overcome all that stuff so there's a lot there um okay just as like as far as life stuff goes uh so yeah so anyway each of the areas um you just kind of yeah. like it's a place for you to start like coming up with stories ideas and so then next week um with the outline i'll i would have I want you to have just a ton of like material or ideas for each uh, part of the outline. So okay. like your introduction is like, well, you don't have to write jokes. Um, they can just be premises, like the beginning of stories, just anything that kind of like fits in those worlds. Um, uh, yeah. Because what I've found is people have a hard time coming up with material. If you're just like, Hey, tell me something funny, you know? Right. But when you're like, hey, think about being fat as a kid. And <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's yeah. funny there. And right. so, so the more that you can, it's basically like the more you can narrow the focus on the area you're, area you're looking for material, the easier it is to find it. So, right. yeah. Okay. Um, Great. Yeah, man. So, yeah. So, I'll, fit, I'll punch up this outline. I'll send it to you now or in the next, like, hour. And then uh feel free to push back on me if there's anything like yeah i don't want this or whatever like because it's very collaborative in this you know what i mean um, yeah but yeah the whole purpose of it is just to give us a roadmap for moving forward for the next you know six seven weeks so okay that sounds good cool right, John. Right. yeah man i enjoyed it man thank you for your time so there you have it thanks so much for coming back for another episode of in on the joke I am your host, Ryan Paul Johnson, and this is the podcast for people just getting started in stand-up comedy. Uh, if you are just getting started in stand-up comedy, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email. Give me at ryan at ryanpauljohnson.com. You can check out my website. If you go to my website, ryanpauljohnson.com, you can see my latest comedy special. I've got that there on the homepage. You can listen to old episodes of this podcast. Uh, or you can get in touch with me to be a guest on this podcast. If you're interested in thinking about getting into stand-up comedy, uh, this is a great first step. Come and talk to me. I can hear your story, and I can give you some pointers on where I think you could uh, potentially have material to write uh, funny stuff, funny jokes. So thanks so much for coming back. Again, I am Ryan Paul Johnson. This is Student 3, and I am going to be... Uh, drop in some other episodes, uh, subsequent writing episodes with a student uh, here in the next couple of days. So thanks again. Uh, adios. <laughs>